every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. And to find out more about our ministry projects worldwide, go to our ministry website, 18catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 44th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Mike Falkenstein, one of your co-hosts, and I'm here again with my other co-host, Ken Watmore. And Ken, I don't know if you're like me, but we're here in the first half of July, and football season just needs to come. Well, that, well yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to really go through some withdrawals here, so we need to... <laughs> Are yeah. you the same way? Well, sure, and this will be... I, I, we're talked about this I, you know this will be the first fall in a very very long time that i haven't been coaching a football team oh right so i'm kind of looking forward to being a spectator for the first time in a long time yet i do lean towards you know maybe jumping in and at least helping with the team because just because it's hard oh, okay. to stay away from well and for you there is a difference right between being head coach and just some assistant of some kind right? yeah and it's, i mean just in terms of your time and Whatnot, well, so. yeah, I think the time commitment's huge either way anymore because it's so competitive. But, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, I don't mind not being a head coach. It's kind of fun sometimes to just pick up one position and... All right, focus on that. that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that can be yeah. a lot of fun. So. Yeah, of course, and for me as a fan, it's just it's just a fun sport to watch. And so... No doubt about you it. You know, yeah. it's, we're here, we're getting close to uh, NFL training camp here at the end of the month. And so it's coming. Oh, yeah. But we're kind of like, okay, it's been long enough. <laughs> so anyway, well, Ken, t- today we've got a great, I think, a great topic to talk about. So, And it'll hopefully then, the initial topic will expand into another conversation. And so, so we're going to report a little bit on some current events that have been happening in the world. And Ken, I know you and I have been emailing back and forth about this law that they're, pa- that they're passing in Russia. And folks are calling it an anti-evangelism law, although it's really been termed in Russia itself as a anti-terrorism law. So let me just go through a little bit of the basics and we'll kind of talk through that a little bit. So the law itself has been now passed by the Russian parliament. And so if it's officially passed, it'll put severe restrictions on religious freedom by banning religious gatherings in homes and regulating propagation of religion, including on the internet according to the reports that we're hearing. And so, Ken, of course, it's a pretty big deal because you have a couple of reasons. Obviously, you know, what we've been hearing about what God is doing in Russia, and there is actually a pretty sizable Christian population. Mm. And so, you know, and so how the how this law would really sort of play itself out would be, you know, if you, you and I are Russians, and I'm a Christian, and I want to invite you to a gathering of some kind, I, I wouldn't be able to even send you an email you know, to invite you or post a Facebook post about or create a Facebook event rather about a, a an event my, my church is doing and 
Yeah, it sounds pretty restrictive, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think that in you know in our country we're we're not. I mean, we're not used to the idea of you know every one of our communication resources being monitored. Yeah, that's and right. Even though we probably all think that we're being monitored all the time, and, and I'm not saying that you know there's I know there's eyes on a lot of stuff and probably on everything, right? But even if there's eyes on it here, it doesn't get stopped, right? There's not right. A, the eyes see it, they don't filter and stop. Our countries like Russia, you know, everything you do is subject to be stopped. So I mean, you that's you, right. You very well may say something in an email that you thought was completely fine and that email never gets there. You know, that's something that I think we're not quite familiar with here and probably we, we just don't, we can't really get, accept that as a reality at this point. But, yeah, but that's it's, right. But it's there and it's happening and certainly this is one of those things that you can point to to say, you know, look at, look at what's, look at what regulation certain mm. things can lead to <laughs> and you got to be very careful, you know. It's that's a, right fine line on what's good and what's bad. Yeah, that's right. And so the so if if approved, the legislation would prohibit the exercise of any missionary activity. So does it deal with us westerners as foreigners who are interested in doing a work in uh, Russia? So you wouldn't be able to do any missionary activity in residential areas and also it would require believers wanting to share their faith with others even on the internet to possess certain documents from a religious association. And you know, I'm a little bit familiar with that in my China context, you know, there is a China Christian Council and a what they call the Three Self Patriotic Movement, kind of the two parts of the registered church in China. And so, you know, China has a similar kind of deal where they're saying, hey, any religious activity has to be done in a pre-approved location. So this Russian law is not the only place around the world where that would be be the case. But in Russia, then it would provide a fine of uh, some significant some amounts if the violator is a Russian citizen and a very hefty fine over $15,000 in the case of an organization and you know foreigners would could be deported and so you know it would go into effect in 2018 if signed in law so how this works in Russia they have two houses of their Congress much like we do and they call it the parliament they've already passed this law and now we're waiting to see if Russian president Vladimir Putin will sign it, and and once it's signed, then it would become law. So obviously, the country's Christians are appealing to the Russian president to, to reject the measure, which there is at least some indication that he might. You know, he he is a part of the Russian Orthodox Church, and so you know maybe there's something inside of him that would say, yeah, that doesn't quite work. But it sure seems like it's gaining a lot of momentum, and there's a good chance it might be approved. So. Sure. And, you know, you're looking at a place where they they want complete control. You know, I mean, it's almost they, they want their of course, they want their own system of religion, but maybe not termed in the context that we would want to see it or or would expect to see it. I, I'm I, you had noted in here that it targets other religions as well. Yes, that's it's, right. You know, and this is that, that points to the fact that they want to create a completely controlled society. You know, yeah, that's uh, right. So it's a yeah, scary thing, and we'll see. We'll see what his reaction is to it. And yeah, that's um, right. But know this, you know, I think for us and for all the listeners that, regardless of what his reaction is, you know, we we see time after time globally where a measure is proposed and maybe it gets rejected, but it's going to continue to keep coming back. Right? Yeah, that's and, right. And after things get wheels, they they tend to run. <laughs> so that's right. Well, and especially if it's passes past both houses of the Russian parliament. That's right. 
you had more people in those houses that approved it than did than didn't. So that's how it passed, right? Yep. So then, even if yeah, if he rejects it, it's coming back. That's right, <laughs> right. Yep. So there's a culture that's that's being developed there about that. And Ken, I'm glad you brought that up too about other religions. So this is not just a, a Christian issue. It is a total religion issue, right? So, so Ken, before we get to our break, what I thought we could do is obviously we want to, we want to highlight this, this Russian anti-evangelism law as a way to bring up what I would term sort of an age old debate amongst Christians, particular people who are involved in missions, right? Because this anti-evangelism law is a restriction against both the Russian Christians themselves and those non-Russians who would have a heart to do missions in Russia, you know, we're looking at a fine of over $15,000 and deportation from the country for, for foreigners who feel like God's called them to go to Russia to do evangelism and, and if they were to get caught, you know. So the age-old debate is what I would call kind of the Acts chapter 5 versus the Romans 13 debate. And so, of course, we're all pretty familiar with these verses, but the, you know, in my experience in China, you know, I've had this debate with many, many people and, you know, because in China, particularly as it relates to foreign involvement in missions, you know, it's also been over the years pretty restrictive. Of course, that's changing quite a bit now. But so let me just read these two passages quickly, Ken, and then we'll kind of break this down a little bit before we get to our break. So, of course, I'll start with the Romans 13 one because it is a passage. We're looking at verses one through five. It is a passage that I, at least in my opinion, a lot of foreigners and may I say North Americans in particular who are involved in missions just tend to you know, of course, they're not going to technically forget it's there, but they like to sort of pretend like it's not there, right? So it just goes, Paul writes in Romans 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority, then do what is good, and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is a, he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. And can that say, that's a pretty, as it relates to our topic today, that's a pretty powerful passage of scripture, isn't it? I mean, there's not, doesn't leave a lot of gray area there, does it? Right. And, it, you know, we'll, well, I'll, I'm going to wait till you read more because okay. it, it's so, you're right, there's there's not a gray area in that passage. But And as we talk more, I know that there'll be an area we discuss that kind of opens the door for in some instances. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. And then the Acts chapter 5 passage, which is often mentioned in this age-old debate, is Acts 5, 27 through 29, which goes, And when they had brought them... They set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in his name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. 
And of course, you know, in uh, the the context of both of the passages, it almost seems like those two, and that's part of the debate, right? Is they kind of work against each other a little bit. So, and so that's the debate, right? I mean, are we obeying God rather than men, or are we being in subjection to government authorities because they are servants of God, as it reads in uh, Romans 13, and yeah, so that's kind of the debate here that we're looking at. That's right, and it and this now this goes can go as deep as you want it to go here. Right? <laughs> yeah, so right. We look at that and say we we know for sure that we're we're never to disobey God. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's very clear. And then in the subject of government, we're supposed to obey the laws of the land. Now, the caveat is, you know, we're given the opportunity to put governments in place. And if we, if, if we are asking for things, at a point, God will allow those things. Right. So as a, yeah, as a society, right. as a whole globally, right, what we ask for and continue to ask for, God will allow at times. We see that in the Old Testament. Mm. You know, the people demanded a king. They wanted a king. They continued to ask and ask and ask. And God let them have it. Like, right? Okay. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. I mean, I think we're at a place, too, where we look at the blessing of government and the fact that as, as a Christian people, we have the opportunity to elect Christian officials. And Christian officials, if their heart is right, will have the compassion and desire to serve the people according to God's law. And then we also have a culture that is, we know, drifting away from the ways of the Lord. And the more and more people continue to stir up and ask for a different kind of leadership and uh, steer clear of God's direction, then we're going to see that be the norm. And that's going to be our government. And when we have a government that doesn't care about what God says, we're going to have places where Christians are saying, wait a second, this isn't right. You know, yeah, something, that's right. something's wrong. So to a point, you know, we are to obey the government as God has instructed us, but God never that's says, right. do something against me. You know? So if the government was requiring citizens to do something that disobeys God, then we would be required by God to say, no way, I'm not yeah, going to disobey right. the Lord. Yeah, that's and right. And when it comes to what our discussions are always leading back to in this podcast is, yes, we're all given the great commandment as a, you know, we're all given the great commission as a commandment. Yeah, that's it's right. It's an obligation for us. So in this area where in Acts 5, the apostle said, we must obey God rather than men. That's because they're doing what Christ said they're supposed to do. Yeah, that's they're right. They're supposed to go out and make disciples of all men. And the government at that point is saying, wait a second, you can't do this. And they're saying, sorry, God already gave us the okay on this. Right? Yeah, that's right. So. Yeah, that's the tough part. Uh, that's, that's the interesting part. So, well, Ken, uh, before, let's take our break before we do. Just a comment about what you said. I, I Maybe this will set us up for the, the second half of our podcast. I do think that it is easier for people to just... I don't want to say do what they want to do and not and not uh, obey governments, but certainly when we see in Romans 13, therefore who resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. You know, that is an at least an interesting concept and something that I just think people don't sit on that long enough and obey that, you know, go as far as they can to make sure that they're obeying, you know, Romans 13 as well. So anyway, thanks everyone for joining us. Hopefully this is an interesting topic and we're so glad that you're with us and we're going to let our friend Tom Muller say a few words and then uh, we'll be back here in just a minute. 
Hi, I'm Tom Muller. As a pastor or ministry leader, you know the value of having congregation members excited about God's work, both at home and abroad. Think about having a church full of people who know their place in God's great mission, engaged to reach the world for Jesus. That's a church on fire. Or maybe you're a conference director looking for a dynamic speaker to come in and point people toward fulfilling the Great Commission in their lives. Mike Falkenstein would love to come and serve your church or conference by making a great speech to attendees on a Sunday morning or for a weekend event, making your event a huge success. Mike has a deep desire to make your job easier. Visit Mike's website at Mike. Falkenstein.com and go to the speaking page to find out more about how you can have them come and serve you in this way. Well, Ken, we're having a great discussion about kind of in the context of the Russian anti-terrorism law, this debate about do we obey governments or do we obey God and kind of what the difference is there. And so you had made some good points. I think you did a great job just before the break of giving kind of a kind of a summary of the whole thing, which is good. And I'm just going to kind of follow up with what you said, Ken, because I do think there, you know, as I sat down and kind of mapped it out, I think as we as we try to come to some conclusions here, since we have only about a half hour, again, as you and I just mentioned, there's probably two or three podcasts in this this debate, but obviously from what you said, it's totally, I mean, I just totally agree with you that there is no authority except for God, right? The human, the greatest human ruler should humbly confess he is where he is because the virtue, the virtue of God's sovereign appointment. And we see that in Romans 13. That's right. Right. That God is the one who gave these, these government officials, the authorities, their, their place. Number two, you know, you do have to say that nevertheless, some rules and some governments are good and some are bad some reward the right and punish the wrong others do the reverse i would say you know most probably do a little bit of both again i i put into this this again why i said just before the break that i do think that as it relates to missions which is what we want to be talking about here on the made for missions podcast i do think that uh, um, american missionaries that i know do tend to want to do what they want to do and regardless of what the government thinks about that, and I do, I do just think I would just make the point again that you know, I mean, Romans 13 is part of the inspired word of God, right? And so mm-hmm. there is a part of that where you go. I guess I would just say, boy, you go up to the line yeah. of obeying government as much as you can. Yeah. And I'm not sure that a lot of I should probably rephrase that. Some Western missionaries, probably not even a lot. You know, don't take that into uh, into their thought process. But am I wrong there? It seems like that should be part of the process, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I'm, I envision in my head when you say that there's some Indiana Jones types, right, who are, hey, we're going to go do this. And this is it, almost like, let's have this, I don't want to say covert operation, but almost like, you know, yeah. we're, we're going to go in and yeah, some um, of them are covert operations. Yeah, too, lights out, we're going to yeah. go do this kind of thing when, yeah. there, you know, there is that chance. And I've you experienced in China, right, where you, maybe we should go and seek the blessing of the government. And I mean, I, I understand, I, I definitely understand and support that when there's places where the government has already said, kind of like what led into this topic, right? That, hey, you can't practice that here. You can't, you know, the people are not going to be exposed to Christ. We're going to shut down Christian missionaries. Well, I believe that's an opportunity for covert operations. I oh, believe that that's, oh, right. you know, we know that we're supposed to share the gospel. People should not be deprived of the gospel. 
so but in in the case where you know we're we're just doing it because we think that's the way to do missions that, that's a whole different ball game right i mean you why not seek the blessing of the the governing bodies and say if this is what we want to do this is what we'd like to do yeah that's um, right and if it's not in if it's not an option at that point then you would you would go in yeah anyways, that's right right yeah i like that and yeah. i mean what an opportunity to evangelize to the government officials at that point that's right you know and show them respect and you that's know which, right. yes which i think is you uh, platform maybe to share with them as well over time and so yeah you actually really hit the nail on the head Ken because really that's that's really all I'm talking about is you know at least go to them and say hey we love your country we have a heart for you know your people Mm -hmm. Uh, here's what we'd like to do how could we serve you and at least see if there's opportunities because as we all know I mean there's more than one way to figure out a problem or figure out a, a you know a situation so yeah. rather than just going out and doing you know track bombing at 2 a.m yeah uh, which actually gets local officials and local pastors in trouble as well go to the officials themselves and say hey we want to be a blessing to your country yeah and i think actually more times than not you might be surprised at the results yeah you know yeah because, you know, when you look at a government official eye to eye and you go, hey, we love your country and we want to serve you, mm-hmm. many times they are very humbled and very touched. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, these people, why do they even care about our country? You know, so, yeah, you're, you're right. At least at least go down that avenue, Yeah, I guess is what I would say. Sure, and there's certainly a risk in doing that. You know, I think that people would say, well, what if they say no? What if they, you know, what about me? Am I in danger if I go to them, if they know I'm a Christian evangelist? And well, maybe, maybe you are. I mean, maybe <laughs> that's right. You know, but that's not that shouldn't be a restriction from, your, you know, the opportunity for you to do this. And, yeah, that's right. And th- there's a huge part to this whole thing. I mean, what's like we started with what's going on in Russia. You know, that's right. This is a this is as much a political thing that I mean, that that, that points to what you get with, you know, government control and more government and more government and more government. And at a point when there's a system in place that is saying, Hey, we, you know, we can really get our hands in every piece of the pie here and, and tell people what are going on. I mean, this, this is a huge problem. And I think it's relevant for us to look at in our country, right? The bigger we grow, you know, the the more uh, we desire the government to be involved in everything, the more they will be involved. And when they will, you might be sorry, (laughs) you know, so that's right. So, so with that, it's also, a really important religious thing. I'm using the word religious in the context of what it is, right? That for people who practice their faith across the globe, it's it's really important to note that this is, we are, we are literally in control of the people that are in power to an extent. God has given us the opportunity to, to have have people within our communities represent us. Yeah, that's um, right. And I know that this isn't, you know, all over the world. There's countries that don't allow that to happen. That's but, right. But I think that a lot of times that's because the people have given the government the opportunity to control them. So when you're a group of believers, like I said before, you want to have strong believers that are willing that's right. to represent you. And, that's right. And at that point, you have to hold them accountable. And when you hold them accountable, the government becomes, you know, more, more of an opportunity. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And, a, and more of an opportunity for faith. I mean, you can clearly see in God's directive that there is no separation of church and state according to the Lord. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> you know, I mean, because there's mm-hmm. no there's no separation of God and life, right? Every day, everything <laughs> we do, it's not just government, that's it's everything right. we do. So there is not Every a separation day. there. Yet, we also know that as we grow closer to the end times, we're going to see more and more people drifting away from God. And it's even more of a kick in the pants for us to go 
you know, share God with more people, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. So that's right. So yeah, I think we're both coming to the same conclusions. I would say, you know, that, you know, to put a, to, to put a bow on this, Ken, you know, we both believe, I think, as we've talked and we read scripture that obviously, you know, we're going to, we're going to honor God Mm -hmm. above the state, right? If the demands of the state do not, do not require us to disobey Jesus, you know, and I've got a couple examples here, you know, I mean, speed limits, stop signs, income taxes, <laughs> you know, building codes, fishing license, I mean, all these things that the government provides. None of that stuff requires us to disobey Jesus. Right? That's right. And so, and if they ever do, we will not be subject at that point, but we'll say with Peter, we must obey God rather than men. Right. And again, I go back to my, I guess one of my main points I want to bring out, which is go down that road as far as you can first, you know, before, before doing that. And so, and can I, I, I would say in kind of my closing comments here that, you know, it's very important to stress that, you know, just as we may have to obey the civil authorities for Christ's sake, so all of our obedience should be for his sake as well. Right. According Mm -hmm. to Romans 13. I mean, when we obey government authorities, we're also obeying God. You know, we never have two masters. All of our submission to man is not only limited by the lordship of Christ. It is also an expression of our yieldness to that lordship. So kind of a easy way to say that is every time we say yes to any law, we should say yes to Jesus as well. And so it's only when those laws make us have to say no to Jesus where we go. Okay, when we have to choose between the two. That's right. You know. Jesus wins. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> wins. Yeah, that's right. So can any uh, closing thoughts from you? You know, no. I, and only because of this. I know that I feel I am stopping my thought process in a few places because okay. this is one of these topics that we could you know, continue on and on and on about in a, in a really great way. But because yes. it's it relates so much to what's happening in the world and as we watch political systems fail globally and as we see the cultural shifts that we are experiencing we are we are seeing everything drive further and further away from god and i the only thing i would stress is that it's just a, a really a call to action for yeah, us that's right um, but i think you know each one of those separate topics you know government church and state big government versus little government where are we at in our country <laughs> and all these kind of things can lead into yes. you know multiple podcasts um okay great so that, that's why i'm tempering that's great <laughs> my thoughts well you know since we want to get to our 1000th episode we'll have plenty of time to, <laughs> to talk about that that's right, right. yeah right. <laughs> so so ken uh, just to kind of put a just to take this full circle as well as we you know we started talking about the russian law and uh, obviously the other only other thing i think about is that you know just to be praying for these russian mm-hmm. christians in particular you know if this law goes through you know they're gonna have a lot of this Romans 13 versus Acts 5 business to be, you know, to, to be dealing with. And so it is for those of us who aren't under this sort of thing to just to be praying for our dear brothers and sisters in Russia. And, you know, because they're going to have some hard decisions. I mean, if you can't invite a friend to a Bible study via an email, that's pretty, that's a pretty big time deal. You know, so then you that's go, right. okay, how I am going to invite them. So, you know, <laughs> how is that going to work? What's the Bible study look like? Does that go underground? Right. You know, all of that. So yeah, just to be, I would encourage all of us to 
to just be praying for these dear Russian brothers and sisters and for that country and for the president, right? Because from what I understand, this law has not been passed. And so just that God would actually, you know, move in his heart to defeat this legislation. Well, folks, thanks for joining us. So glad that you're with us. We're just so thankful. It's very humbling to have you all here with us. And I know we've got folks who are listening regularly and we're hearing now from folks. If you want to interact with us, I'm on Twitter at Missions Mike. Ken is at Ken Watmore. We'd love to hear from you again and again. We're thankful for the opportunity to be able to interact with you all. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll look forward to having you on the 45th episode of the Made for Missions podcast.